And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I'm your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike, doing a quick half episode right now, Mike. Yeah, something special for you today. We just watched the Star Wars Celebration, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a long prelude to a big trailer moment, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to run down the whole program. It was fun. It was streaming live on YouTube, live on the Star Wars channel, and uh, we caught it, and we're going to get a quick breaking news episode for you today. This could have been done in 15 minutes, (laughs) right? Like, this this was an hour long. I know it's the the culmination of the Star Wars Celebration going on out there in Chicago, and it was a big deal, and everyone was excited. In anticipation, but I felt so bad for Stephen Colbert at a couple points during this interview because it was a, a, a practice in nonsense for the most part. As epic teases go, <laughs> I am thoroughly tickled, though. I mean, this was a fun sure. presentation for the most part, and there's a, there's a lot to talk about, like I said, and we're, we're going to get right to it here. Yeah, so we're going to run down what actually happened with the interviews first. We're going to lead up to the uh, teaser trailer that the program ended with, then we'll give our thoughts about it, obviously. This being a podcast, you're not going to see the trailer, but you will see it everywhere if you go online, because we have retweeted it. I know our friends at Next Best Picture have retweeted it. It's on the Star Wars Twitter site. It's everywhere on social media, and by the time you listen to this, certainly you'll probably be sick of seeing it already. So let's start. The big surprise, at least one of the big surprises that started, was that Stephen Colbert did host this panel. He was the host that I don't think anybody really knew was going to happen. They flew him out to Chicago. Uh, They announced him at the top of the show, and he started off introducing Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. So we have Kennedy and Abrams coming out to a lot of applause. This is the third act of a three-act structure. We've immersed ourselves in everything George created and talked about endlessly, and we're so excited. Everything we ended up creating, you're going to be happy with. Yeah, and I think that's that was a quote from Kathleen Kennedy. It seems to be, it makes sense. She at least gave off the impression that she cares deeply about this product more so than just the money grab that it's going to be in every Star Wars movie is. And you could tell J.J. J.J. Abrams giving off some serious David Lynch vibes lately. For me, anyway. Like, he's going everywhere in this little tuxedo-type suit with the skinny tie. I'm just waiting for him to get his hair done in 1950s quaff. Uh, he has the quaff. He has the Lynchian quaff. <laughs> he got the uh, endorsement from Lando later on. Yes. And But also, like, he is so polished in doing these things, and so is Kathleen Kennedy. So is everybody up there. I wonder if they rehearsed this beforehand. I wonder if the, all these questions are pre-programmed because this is one of the smoother interviews that I have saw, and it was very stark when things went a little awkward. Yeah. So I know you're going to mention those moments, but I, I do think like a lot of these people have prepared answers and prepared questions here. Yeah, I would agree with that, and this part wasn't bad. This actually felt like a little bit of a give and take. Kathleen Kennedy was much more tight-lipped than J.J. was with certain questions. J.J. may have had the more the easier questions to explain anyway. Like, one of the questions Colbert asked is, how do you fill the void left by Carrie Fisher? And of course you can't, and J.J. Mm-hmm. went in talking about how they handled the Leia character within this, and that he revealed they shot so much of her that they didn't use in The Force Awakens for right. Episode 7. They actually ended up writing around those vignettes of her that they still have. That's helpful. They are still in the post-process right now using putting in editing, putting in CGI, so uh, she, he said it's kind of crazy how not crazy it is seeing her every day, and yet she's no longer with us. I thought that was a touching moment. I, and it's I, reassuring, too, yeah. for the for the story and for the tribute that she needs to be paid in this movie. So It was around that point, too, talking 
on the heels of the Leia stuff that the we had our first set photo from episode nine, and that's led to an audible gasp from the audience. This would be something that happened often during this uh, panel. Every Very time smart. there was a a shot shown, you didn't even have to see it for yourself. You just knew because the audience was reacting to everything. I mean, these were people; these were grown adults dressed in like stormtrooper <laughs> and rebel costumes. So right. you knew they were easy, kind of low hanging fruit to give them anything to chew. It was on. a good crowd. Yeah, it was a, good crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was a home game for sure. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, like I said, much more tight lipped than J.J. Abrams and Colbert a little frustratingly at the end of the give and take between the three of them because Kathleen Kennedy wouldn't really give any information about anything said, oh, I get it. You asked me to come to Chicago to ask questions, not to get answers. Mm. And at one point he actually threw his questions aside because she wasn't giving anything. thought that was a nice little toy, toyful interaction there. But we then... We're joined on the stage by Anthony Daniels, the man that plays C-3PO and has for all the Star Wars films. And R2-D2, of course, came out as well. Yes, uh, R2-D2, the first of a few droids that'll come out. We have C-3PO, huge applause. He talks about his memoir and teases it and teases it again. Should I give you the title? Should I not give you the title? He goes into that in a minute, but he definitely screams to huge applause. The droid fights back. <laughs> that was That's what he wants to try. Uh, one of the more movie. comedic moments, too, was he was talking about how this has been for nine movies. C-3PO has been the one warning people that they shouldn't go into these things, and they always get in trouble. Well, <laughs> damn it, I'm not going to take it anymore. That was funny. This was the first of the kind of awkward interactions for me anyway, though, because... There was no substantive questions for Daniels here. Even the no. book that he was there to promote and, and was given, Colbert was promoting for him, they couldn't even reveal the title because the title's going to be revealed tomorrow, I guess. So right. all they could talk about was the title that didn't get through the editors. I don't know if you want to comment on that. Telling the Odds, which was... It's a great title. A great title and got <laughs> huge applause. I think uh, Anthony Daniels is a very polished screen stage actor. Sure. And he definitely played to the crowd. And, and another guy who certainly played to the crowd, comes out next. Billy D. Williams. Was Lando he Cal playing Drizzian. to the crowd? Or was he just playing to Billy D. Williams? But Billy D. Williams himself <laughs> is just naturally plays to the crowd. Billy D. Williams came out after being introduced, <laughs> and he sat down and started answering questions that weren't asked of him. Like, yes. he just sat down and went right into interview. It's such I, a pleasure to be here. I know the character very well. It's like, this is Billy D. Williams' world, and we're just existing in it. And it, it makes sense. that You saw his outfit, didn't you? <laughs> It looks so good. It looks so good. Whatever that was up to his neck, whatever that's called. It was not even like a scarf. I don't even like an Afghan, maybe. Brilliant. (laughs) It was really good. So stylish. He says, you know, later in the interview, I get sick and tired of being accused of betraying Han Solo. (laughs) It's like I'm talking about me and not Lando. He was up against Darth Vader. He had to figure something out. By the way, did anybody die? He was really talking his way. You could tell this was decades of frustration from people approaching Billy D. Williams on the street yeah. and being like, why did Lando leave Han out to dry in the original you trilogy? You betrayed me <laughs> and my family, sir! We also got our first look during this in part portion of the interview of Billy D. Williams as Lando in full get-up. Another set photo that flashed before the audience. And he looked great. Looks he really great. did look like he never left the scene. And that's kind of one of the, the running things I noticed through all these set pictures. The aesthetics are right on. Not that you would expect anything less, certainly from Star Wars at this point or Disney, but right. as a final capsule to like the trilogy of the trilogy mm-hmm. this seems like a very proper they seem to get the tone right obviously right out of the gate a jj 
Abrams movie is a good looking movie. Yeah, no that's, that's certainly, especially when you have the power of the mouse behind you now. After Billy D. Williams was done answering questions that weren't even asked of him, mm-hmm. we were joined by the remainder of the crew, the new crew, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Kelly Marie Tran, Jonas Suatamo. I'm sorry if that's a mispronouncing his name, but the man that plays Chewie, and Naomi Aki, who was new. Naomi Aki was actually where we started, and we get the reveal that she is playing a character in this world, and we actually get the character's name. Jana, and she had a lot of fun stories to tell they asked uh, Stephen Colbert asked her if Lando was her father in this that's the scuttlebutt going around and she had a great answer yeah I give Colbert so much credit too because like he has to ask these questions right but of course when you're asking something like that you're going to get the coy answer of Lando is a man that may have children all around the galaxy he's a charming (laughs) one yeah so that was a terrific answer John Boyega gets asked questions next is Captain Phasma dead and he's like she is gone rest in peace John Boyega Boyega looked See, like he had been up partying since like Friday. That that hairdo, <laughs> by the way, though. Wow, oh, he, he it's looks like great. a Jedi hairdo in a way. Oh yeah, but going back and then coming off the edge of his his head there. Wow, it looks fantastic. And also, I'm gonna do that with my hair. You should. You should do something. Yeah, I, I agree. need to do something. I've had this for way too long. <laughs> but uh, you could say me the... and Chewie are the only two guys with the same getup since like 1983, <laughs> 84 when I was born. The chemistry between Boyega and Isaac, not on screen, but just as buddies in real life. Right. You could tell they really grew fond, and there was an affinity there, general genuine affinity between one another. Lots really of nice bromance jokes. A lot of bromance going on. I think on. we need to raise our bromance game, but then again, we're antagonists. Well, we certainly need to raise our beard game because Oscar yeah. Isaac put us to shame with what he had on his face. The My lord. salt and pepper of it, the way it just quaffed off to the side He looked top. like the most interesting man in the world. He did. Like, he, he should he have is. been casted in that role. He right. is. I wish Poe was as interesting. He should keep that beard as Poe. I like Poe's character, but I, the Poe character is sometimes a little awkward for me. Uh, I don't I don't disagree. And Colbert kind of uh, wanted to make things a little awkward, I think, in that exchange. Because right. he went right to when it was Oscar Isaac's turn to talk. And Colbert was moving down the line with questions, asking one or two questions sure. each. He gets to Oscar Isaac. And, like, the first question he asks is, so who's the better pilot between Han Solo or Poe? And Poe has a very politically correct answer. He's like... Solo can fly the Falcon, but Poe is the better Uber driver as he can drive anything, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Funny, probably rehearsed. I don't care. It works. Yeah, it landed and, on uh, me, too. It, I enjoy fun. that. And Oscar Isaac is, is a charming fellow. He yeah. is quite a charming individual. He dropped a lot of one-liners for the rest of the you know dais there, so that worked. Uh, Daisy Ridley's next. She gets happy birthday sung to her because it was her 27th birthday. I thought that was cute. Because it's a home game. Uh, everyone knew it, too. Right away, like, when Colbert went right to Daisy Ridley, the, some people in the crowd started singing happy birthday, and then again, Boyega and Isaac jumped on it and instructed everyone to keep going, and so of she course. got a full-fledged happy birthday sang to her. I thought that was really cool. It was at this point, too, we saw our first look of Ray and Ridley in full getup, and there was a theme going on with all these photos, these set photos. Very jungle, very lush, tropical type looking for all these uh, characters. Sure. Sort of obviously, something is going on in a jungle feel, and it brought me back, at least, to the, what Jedi had in store. Because Return of the Jedi, obviously, was in the, the Ewok planet and was fully uh, forested and flush with, with all kinds of uh, nature there. That'll and these photos were the same thing. Almost. That'll be something different than the trailers because it's a lot in the desert in the trailers. So. Which is which is a weird juxtaposition for me because it seems like, uh, obviously, you know, this is going to be an obvious statement, but they're obviously hiding a lot because nothing in the trailer seemed like what we were getting from the set photos. Which is great. I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the board last few have just hopped like a Bond movie from planet, well, not planet to planet, but, you know, environment to environment. Right. 
and, and different visuals. So we get a question that about Luke's lightsaber, does it live? And Ray's like, yes, it lives. We get a question about Kylo Ren's chest, his bare chest, does he shave it? <laughs> He's a big man. Let's ask him about his lightsaber, a big laugh, awkward laugh. Uh, uh, important to note that Adam Driver wasn't here. I, I don't know what could be more important than being at Star Wars Celebration if you're the Star know. Wars baddie, but the okay. Dead don't die <laughs> from here, I can't, what is he doing? He wasn't around. Colbert, as he went from Daisy Ridley, next up, uh, he was making all the sexual innuendos, he got to Kelly Marie Tran, and through Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Kelly Marie Tran, he's trying to ask these little cutesy questions about like the interpersonal romance that's going on and love triangles that are there between you know Poe and Ridley and Boyega's character right. and Kelly Marie Tran's character and all these different uh, dynamics of these relationships. Kind of cute, little awkward. Right, right. Didn't it play as awkward for you? Because little, it really did for me. A little bit. I think, who are you rooting for right now, by the way? Are you rooting for Rose and Finn? Are you shipping Poe and Finn? Are you shipping Ray and Finn? I really like Rose and Finn. I really do. I thought that, that really worked for me in episode eight, and we yeah, talked about that in I our agree. review. And I know we're in the minority for that, but that's because we're dealing also with a lot of angry fanboys that didn't like episode eight at all for are various you, are reasons. Are you shipping uh, Ray and Kylo? <sighs> Or do you want Kylo so, dead? Uh, I don't want Kylo dead, but I don't think they need to be romantically intertwined. Why can't they just have a connection? That's true. Well, we'll get to... We'll, we don't need... We're getting to the connections at the end of this. Let's have anyway. single people at the end of right. Star Wars episode. Yeah, nine. and it doesn't it's have fine. to be one family either, but we'll talk about it. We're putting the car before the horse here. Kelly Marie Tran was next, and one of the more heartwarming moments of the dais was the ovation that she got, a literally standing ovation from a crowd of hundreds, if not thousands. What a character. Yeah, and it was awesome to see because she really was put through the ringer at the end of episode eight there by the Definitely. internet uh, well deserved uh, Colbert again asking these weird questions that kind of what could he do I felt like his hands were kind of tied at this point because he wanted to keep things serious he wanted to stay on topic but he knows he's not getting any answers right they did a very sly you know advertisement for the audiobook that she, yes. she recorded <laughs> that there. was nice and then yeah like a bunch of softball questions which is fine but of course everybody loves Kelly Marie Tran and her character of Rose now so we're good with that we had uh, Eunice Suatamo clearly <laughs> that man is just happy to be here he that was, you, you wrote here. Yeah, he was copy. a guy that looked around and <laughs> it's like one of these things is not like like uber famous person, uber famous director, uber famous executive, movie star, movie star, movie star, movie star. Tall Norwegian looking man. Yes. <laughs> he plays Chewbacca. He had his son on set, a bunch of cute photos. Again, why this is kind of all rehearsed to me, that they had the photos pop up right when the conversation struck certain points throughout the presentation. I'm glad too, because for a moment when he started speaking, when he wasn't supposed to, quote unquote, it was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be such a tightly structured thing. And I don't think anyone wants to hear from the guy behind Chewie talking about his son on set. And he definitely went into the Chewy voice too often, once too often or twice too knew, often. Yeah, way too often. It's like it was like uh, knocked up when they're judging Seth Rogen's dancing. He's going to the dice move too much. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all he's got. It's all he's got. <laughs> and, yeah, he knew it played the first time. But well, that's fine. So then Colbert does a thing at the end of this. This was he, the best to me recites a story about how he and three friends uh, went to the original screening back in '77, and he talks about the fact that he goes with his friend's mom and she fell asleep during it. But yeah. then during the, the opening credits, everybody, you know, went nuts over the crawl and they didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And then of course, after the movie, 
He says everything changed and there's a full moon. They all thought it was a Death Star following <laughs> that them was around. really cool. I wish the dais was like that. Just people sharing their experiences and star stories about what Star Wars meant to them growing up. Because to me, aside from, you know, I, I don't want to hear, you know, do you kiss? How's his shaved chest? Tell me about his dick that I'm going to call a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, like I get it's a tough job, but I would much rather hear the authentic passion that all these people share for the franchise right if we're going to talk about nothing anyway i think we had a guest recently on the show who wrote a book about this <laughs> why we love star wars yes ken knapsack we're gonna get that from amazon that delivery on may 15th we just got an email about yeah that, i saw that, that it's coming we'll get a wait. day of delivery which is awesome but in an epic stall we have jj abrams bringing out yet another droid i think we forgot to mention bb8 came on set with yes bb8 was there r2d2 so was there yeah. r2d2 bb8 we are introduced to dio with a d i o is it named after the uh rocker it's the band right <laughs> whip it good and it's you, no you're thinking of devo oh d i am i'm I am. thinking about holy diver <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, he didn't break into song at least, so that was. I mean, this is look. I have all respect for Lucas Arts and the Star Wars Galaxy yeah. and the fans and all the droids, and I think the work they do with costumes and makeup and, and, and computers, animatronics is amazing. Right, Dio is a megaphone on a unicycle. <laughs> yeah, BB-8 gets a new best friend here. We're introduced to Dio. He is a megaphone, and he is a unicycle. And I think he is the uh, child of the Pixar lamp and BB-8. <laughs> what is that? It, it really did. It really it's does cute, striking though, right? resemblance to the Pixar lamp, yeah. the top half of it, the Pixar lamp. It is lamp. cute, though. But I yeah, think. of course it is. And it's amazing to see, you know, we were all raised on these Star Wars properties. And how many times did we wish we had a C-3PO and R2-D2? And now we're at the point where not only do they exist in real life, but like they move around in real life as they do in the movies. You it's can buy just them. incredible to see. You can make them. Yeah. And it's it, amazing. It's good. It makes some sense. And yeah, I mean, anybody can make a Dio droid at home. <laughs> you just need a megaphone, megaphone, a unicycle, or a Pixar lamp, or whatever. You got you 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 can make one at home. Right. So, so we're doing the tongue tongue in cheek roundup now. Colbert's getting ready to close. It's been an hour plus already with the interviews. And he lays it out to J.J. Abrams. He goes, before any of you leave, is there anything else? And the crowd immediately <laughs> takes the cue and starts going into an uproar. and getting If we antsy. had any doubts. Yes, of course. We get the teaser trailer for the first uh, the first look at episode nine. I guess we'll save the subtitle for the end and talk about it, but sure. let's walk through the trailer. What happened here, Mike? So Ridley is just heavy breathing, uh, standing out in the desert with a lightsaber, not lightsabered yet but it's the saber's not out but the lightsaber's just at her own not waist. adam driver's penis correct all right and she's just holding it and finally we realize that a tie bomber i think like a new school first order tie bomber is just screaming at her again mm -hmm. i don't know why gun foo is necessary here why don't we just shoot the bombs but we're <laughs> we're, we're literally just charging it she's playing chicken with a tie bomber there and it's incredible cuz you could feel yeah. the the fear of it all she she the, the heavy breathing makes you just uh just grounds you into that real world she lets that lightsaber turns it on lets that lightsaber go and then starts sprinting 
away from yeah. the tie bomber and then of course does a beautiful backflip and it looks like she's gonna just take the guts out of this thing in midair this is one of the things that actually we did get a little information about during the q a of the cast is that we, i guess ray has some new moves jj right. abrams kind of alluded to that and it, this was the, one of the first looks in the trailer you're showing that off she does a full-fledged starts to do a backflip anyway in midair going above this gigantic speeding vehicle that's coming towards her in the middle of a barren desert which was again quite the opposite of the looks we were getting from the set photos. Now, one of the things I really liked in the prequels was how they fought. I know it got done ad nauseum, all those old school Jedis, mm -hmm. which really was new school fighting techniques for the saga at that time. But the way they just basically deflected bombs and, sh and, uh, and blaster shots with the lightsaber, right? Why couldn't the TIE bomber shoot her and then she deflect? I thought that would have been a nod to the prequels. I guess they're just staying away from the prequel way of fighting because they just wanted to, it's just like too much maybe I and mean, we could see what happens maybe that also maybe that's the first part of the battle too obviously we don't know this being our first look we also were met with while this was happening on the overlay of ridley getting more and more exasperated and starting her sprint away from the the fighter mm -hmm. we get a voiceover from luke skywalker we think that's luke skywalker. does sound like i think it is yeah it okay. sounds like him uh talking about how this is your fight obviously every generation has a legend etc etc so you have uh, a lot of cool quick shots mm -hmm. you, of course you got lando laughing you got a lot more stuff in the uh, the desert it looks like you got like a last jedi you know speeder chase or some kind of hovercraft chase with poe with 3po uh on some speeder there you have kylo ren with a like a forearm shiver takedown with his lightsaber of somebody in a battle yeah you know, out there in the woods, right? So you did get a, you know, a glimpse of some other terrain. And now you, you end the trailer with Death Star in rubble on, on the desert planet. Like you could see that it's the outline of the Death Star's, you know, whatever crater, whatever that thing mm -hmm. is called. Star Wars fans are very angry with me right now. <laughs> but, and then of course you have the laugh of Emperor Palpatine followed by... I, I want to say Sir Ian McDermott, but I think it's just Ian <laughs> McDermott, the actor who plays Emperor Palpatine in his best emperor voice saying roll it again <laughs> which was a nice touch coming out live on stage like that right after the uh, the tease was over. Of course at the end of the tease we are met with the official subtitle for episode 9. Right. This is going to be a genius marketing move by the Disney company. Genius. Be yeah, because this is going to get everyone talking. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, you've seen this already, obviously. You know it. We're not shattering any news for you. I'm sure you. by the time you've listened to this, you've already been seeped in the lore of it and already have your own opinions. Mike, let's get your opinion. What does The Rise of Skywalker mean to you, you think? Your, my guess is as good as anybody else's because it could mean Leia. It maybe should mean Leia, mm. where she, she rises to, like a phoenix at the end of this thing. <laughs> Hopefully not a dark one. But... <laughs> That'd be a hell of a crossover. I don't want it to mean Kylo Ren. I wonder if Kylo and Rey get married. Now you have the rise of Skywalker, the family, the super family that you're rule touch, the galaxy. Yeah, you're touching on what I what my assumption is because on first blush, I thought, oh man, are they going to retcon Episode Eight? and make everything about this one special family. And if we're going to find out that, no, Kylo's parents actually were Luke, and I think that's going to be the assumption that a lot of people make, that the Skywalker tag belongs to her. Well, maybe not. You mean Ray's parents. Oh, Ray's parents. I'm sorry. Right. Yes. No, I'm, I, we, 
terrible job having Ray and Ren, but I get it. They're going to be brothers. Whatever. Um, <laughs> cousins. Yeah. Uh, yes, Cousin I, I was, <laughs> was talking about comes. Ray there. So I think that's the assumption. Everyone's going to think Ray is a Skywalker, which was the hope, every, the reveal everyone wanted, or at least a lot of the fanboys wanted and were mad they didn't get in episode eight. What if it just ends on incest where they, they, <laughs> the cousins are loving and then Kylo's like... I didn't tell you something at the end of the last or the middle of the last movie. The act two break of the last movie. By the way, <laughs> let me touch your hand and show you who we really yeah, are. Right? <laughs> they show to the same mother. I, I don't think they're going to. And do she that. just goes. Huh? <laughs> end of movie. <laughs> You've gone crazy with your own fanfic, your ancestral fanfic. I watch too much Game of Thrones. Uh, but Mike uh, is is Ray a Skywalker? That is a main question. If Palpatine comes back does Luke come back and is the rise of Skywalker the family into the cosmos into the ether into the force so here's my two cents if you're going to make Rey a Skywalker doesn't that basically get rid of episode 8 which I don't think they want to do because they handed Ryan Johnson his own trilogy right right so they have enough respect for the man I don't think they're going to insult his property and I think J.J. Abrams is smart enough to not do that either. I think he I think he sees there would be value in a misdirect there. And I don't think it's about the married surname either. Like if she marries Kylo Ren, I don't I don't think they're gonna go there. We just had a whole female empowerment franchise really agree, yeah. with the last two movies. Do we really need her to take his name and then that family name goes on? I don't think they're going to go there either. I I think it's going to have to do with Le- with Leia with Luke. With, with the two of them, with Luke coming back, he, we know he's in it in some way. If he's just a, uh, you know, just a hologram or mm. if he's just, you know, like the Yoda coming back to Rey, it's going to make sense. Well, it opens up. I mean, you certainly, you had Luke as a voiceover featured. You had the Emperor as a voiceover feature. This opens up the possibility now of, are we getting the episode six redone some 30 years later in episode nine? Are we going to get Luke and the Emperor facing off to do battle one last time again? Yeah, I don't know. I, it may be. If it, but then again, if Palpatine comes back, why can't Luke come back? Right. So, or if they can both come back in the same way, right? If the, they regenerate themselves back into it, I do think we're gonna get a lot like the, the Return of the Jedi. I think Abrams. He knows formulas. He's going to give us something similar. I, I agree. I think he's going. I think there will be more of an effort done to placate the people that were so offended by Episode Eight. Sure. Those people that. Oh, so we'll get some different sequence. Yeah, I think we're going to get some like some retconning. I don't think we're going to get retcon to the point of rewriting who Ray's parents are. I don't right. think that's going to happen. I, I hope not. I hope we stay away from the Ray Wren. I hope they could just be connected without being, you know, romantically intertwined, familiarly intertwined. Why not keep them separate? Why not? I've always been of the uh, position of it doesn't need to be just one special family. It's more profound that she's just a regular right. person that she was. You know, I think there's more subtext. More, yeah. yeah, more juicy subtext to work off of. I and agree. it means more to more audience members. And, and, and you agree. And that's probably why we were such fans of episode eight. Yes. And I know that, again, we could call us in the minority or not. There's a lot of people that disagree with that, but that's where we stand. 
So gun to your head, you don't think Skywalker is going to be Ray at the end of the day? I think it has to do with Leia and Luke. Okay. And I think we're going to, you know, the, the rise of Skywalker will be like the rise into heaven or something. Like right. That regard will be a metaphor more than it'll be something literal, like a new, you know, uh, world order based on the uh, the new Skywalker family I think we'll have. Unless, unless Kylo, I mean, but I wouldn't put Kylo in charge of anything. Kylo, you get demoted after <laughs> pulling all the crap that you pull. Yeah, he left on shaky terms. I mean, he's certainly not a good guy like, yet. If he's an intern at the new Skywalker <laughs> company that's in charge of everything... <laughs> it's that, just the rise of the corporate ladder of Skywalker Inc. by Kylo Ren. And then, then you have a montage a la like Monsters yeah, University. Monsters University. That's exactly. where, which will be our next episode, of course, where, you know, he'll be right, you know, in just in a, a bunch of cute photos. Right. Working his way up until eventually, you know, like he is Ray's assistant in that company. <laughs> then I'm okay with it. Which is an ending we could all appreciate, I'm and he, sure. He looks like J.J. Abrams and she looks like Kathleen Kennedy at the end of it. That would be perfect. <laughs> well, there's no doubt this movie is going to make a bajillion dollars. It was really nice of Star Wars Celebration to have this as its capper. Yep. It certainly pleased a lot of fans. It didn't sound like there was any up, any one upset voice in that whole crowd. So it seemed to do it seemed to do its job. And are we upset? No, we got some, no. we got some fun yeah. uh, moments during that to whole presentation yeah we rolled our eyes a few times but sure. it, it was fun you can go back and watch it all i'm sure on youtube on starwars.com at star wars celebration wherever they're uh exhibiting thing, things i know they got their website we mentioned before why we love star wars a new book by ken knapsack yes. this is something we're trying to pitch this is something we've pre-ordered this is something that we talked about during our interview of mr ken knapsack of schmodown fame who was a schmodown champion in terms of star wars trivia we asked him a lot about episode nine, his remarkably mature way and mature look at fandom. Yeah. This Which man. is badly needed in this aura, yeah. especially on the heels of what happened to Kelly Marie Tran and what happened with the, uh, the when the public got their hands on episode eight and the outrage that was caused over nothing essentially sure. i mean uh, that's a really really good highlight and a really cool uh piece of his uh, of piece of advice and piece of his mind that he gave us in that interview but yeah definitely go order why we love star wars from our buddy ken knapsack there uh, also we want to hear what your thoughts are with regards to the title the rise of skywalker is not something i saw anywhere but it gave me goosebumps though when I when I saw it come out. I'm yeah. really happy. Oh about yeah, it. I, I think it's I think it opens the door. I was disappointed at first, but I'm hoping it's because of the misdirection. I hope that's where they go with it. I like. I, I hope they want you to think that Kylo Ren and or Rey are, are is going to be a Skywalker at the end of the. We're day. recording this right after the uh, Star Wars celebration. Watch the whole internet just just hates the title. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. Whatever. Won't be the first time. Won't be the first We've time. Been, uh, opposite Star Wars. I like but, our two part, you know, review of. Uh, Episode 8 there. Yeah, yeah. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Who's not really the Last Jedi, I guess, now. If well, you have a Rise of Skywalker. Be. Maybe he's the last... She's the Last Jedi, but... I don't know either. Uh, it's just it's just too much. Let's keep you know. Let's do a Star Wars <laughs> rewatch before this movie comes out in December, maybe or in some way, shape, or form, and uh, we'll be all over it like we do with all movie events. And I'll be honest with you, the production values of this one look an Oscar-y. Mike. Oh yeah, they look fen- phenomenal. So we'll talk as about we'll this see movie. if the story can f- uh, find its way into the picture as well. We'll be talking about this one, like Mike said. We want to hear from you. you. Can reach out to us. Let us know what you think the Rise of Skywalker is going to refer to. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We're available everywhere you hear podcasts. Tune in Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc., etc. Use the Force, whatnot have you. However, therefore, Michael, words of wisdom. That Lando's a charming man. He really is. He could have kids all over the galaxy. (laughs) 
all over the universe. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, uh, come to a galaxy far, far away with us, and we'll check you out next time. See you.